Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Yes, Disney's still closed, and it's such a bummer. I watch random videos on YouTube to kind of get my Disney fix, and I'm anxiously waiting for it to reopen. I want this whole thing to just pass. I, I want the world to get better. It's such a wild place to be in right now, and I just hope everybody is staying safe and healthy out there, and we can just get better and return to normal. But this week on the podcast, it's a special one for me. I'm so proud to represent Orange County Hardcore. I've talked about it a million times on the podcast. I moved to Orange County in 2010, and it's just been an important place for me. I have always wanted to back every Orange County band as hard as possible because I've never had a real place to call home when it came to hardcore. When I grew up in Palm Springs, like I've said, our scene was just kind of off and on, and I owe a lot to Steve Kippel. He did the best that he could with what we had, and it just kind of fizzled out at the end of the day. So I moved to Orange County, and I am really thankful to be in a spot where there's things consistently happening. So when there's a band out there working hard and just trying to do stuff for the scene, I have... Uh, no choice but to back them because I'm proud of where I'm currently at and I just love the scene that I'm a part of so shout out to Fury they're one of the best bands ever and shout out to Dare currently doing it for Orange County Straight Edge shout out to a newer band that's up and coming they just put out a demo a couple weeks ago and sure enough they'll be on the podcast it's a band called Take It to Heart, newer band, and I, I appreciate them stepping up and starting something new in Orange County because that's the stuff we need right now. It's crazy to think when I look at our scene as a whole, I can't even name enough bands to fill up all 10 fingers that I have. It's so strange, but other than that, uh, I, I'm so proud to be from Orange County Hardcore. I love Dare so much, and I, I've been banging this drum for a long time caught a lot of flack for it but that didn't deter me because i knew deep down inside there's an awesome band doing really important stuff for orange county one of the few bands doing it so i'm more than happy to back them and show them uh, all the support that i can and i've been bugging angel for a really long time and trust me when i say a really long time it's been a really long time i've been bugging him to come on the podcast and i'm honestly really really happy that he was down to do it he showed me support early on when I was doing those old school email interviews so it was definitely fun to finally have him on the new platform and catch up with him and talk about all the cool stuff going on with his bands and where he's at in life so please without further ado welcome Angel to the podcast Welcome to the podcast, Angel. Yeah, what's up, man? How you doing? Dude, I'm, I'm doing all right. Thank you. Uh, I want to go back to like my earliest memory of you. I, I used to work um, around the corner from program, and I, I used to pop in there uh, like right when I would get off work because it, and it just happens one time. I, I'd gotten like a, a physical flyer to um, some upcoming show. I don't even remember what show it was. But I got a flyer and I was like, oh, cool. I guess they have like physical flyers sometimes. So I decided I would pop in uh, to see if they had a flyer for the next show. And uh, you were working and uh, we would talk about hardcore. And I didn't even know you were in a band. And I was just like, oh, I, I think I went in there like three or four times. And it, uh, you guys never had flyers after the first time I got it. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll just stop going because I don't think they're ever going to have them. And then I remember. I finally got to see dare and I see you fronting the band. And I'm like, what the hell? Like I, I was in here a couple different times talking to this guy about hardcore. He never once mentioned that he was in the band. I, and like, I was tripping out that night. It was crazy. Honestly, like, do you remember what year that was? Cause that might've been pre dare. Cause I've been, I was working a program for like 
a few years. And I definitely remember you coming in because I remember you being super tattooed and just like this guy coming in to like look at records and shit. And I was, I'm pretty good with faces. So I definitely remember you coming in, but yeah, that might've been pre dare era just when I was just working there. Maybe because dare was kind of like a, like a mystery to me because I I remember um, some friends asked me if I knew about this band from Fullerton that was signed to Reaper records and, I was kind of like dumbfounded. I was like, wait, there's a band from Fullerton signed to Reaper. Like, like what, like what? I didn't even know. So I remember looking you guys up and uh, sure enough, you know, dared from Fullerton signed to Reaper. And like, I'd never even heard of you guys. So I was tripping out about um, you guys being signed to such a big record label at the time. Yeah, it was pretty honestly, like we came out swinging pretty much right off the bat with that, which was pretty crazy. Like we were, I mean, we definitely played some shows and all that stuff and pre that, but like we had, once we put our demo out, like it basically, we got picked up pretty much right away, which is, we got blown away by it. And yeah, it was pretty gnarly just coming out the gate, swinging with Reaper Records on our fucking shit. It was crazy. And um, how was that connection made between uh, you guys and Reaper? Uh, we honestly just hit up a bunch of labels and sent the demo out to anyone and any, everybody. And Reaper is one of the few labels that got back to us. And he seemed super stoked on us. And was just like, yo, like, this is fucking cool. This reminds me of, like, why I got a hardcore in the first place. And, like, I'd love to put it out. And we were just like, dude, that'd be so fucking sick. Because it's like, that Reaper roster is undeniable, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it was, uh, like, kind of a bummer the way that it played out for them. Because they were doing so many awesome stuff and, like, so many awesome bands on that label. So I'm, I'm definitely bummed the way things turned out for them yeah i mean every band kind of outgrew them you know so it's kind of just the way it goes i feel like every band they had was fucking cool definitely did cool shit but they all just kept getting bigger and bigger and just had to move on to the next thing for them you know yeah and sometimes i I wish uh like record labels would hold on to bands and maybe try to make a push to be like hey maybe you can stay we can grow and turn this into a big thing together instead of you know the band getting big and leaving and going to a different label which i I totally understand i get but sometimes like when it's like a younger label i I wish bands would stick around and grow something new yeah definitely definitely one of those things where it's just kind of like sometimes smaller labels can't offer what the bigger guys can you know and that's honestly sometimes what it comes down to because all like your creative creative ideas and all stuff that you want to do in terms of this like album artwork recording who you want to record with and all that shit like if you get pretty pricey and like sometimes having a bigger label that's able to like front that and back you on that stuff is kind of what drives people i feel like to dip out of the smaller guys so growing up i i, I always heard the stories about uh trash talk being like completely diy they had like their own record label and this is all before they got like super huge and signed to um uh, odd features label or, or wherever they sign i don't even know where they're at these days but um i, I always looked at that and I, I don't even know if it's true because i never actually like went and did any research but just hearing uh, a band like that um, and being able to be self-sufficient I, I think that's definitely an interesting route to take too because in reality, I think these days, like a uh, record label isn't super necessary. Does that make sense? Definitely. Social, social media plays a huge part in all that. Social media, you can pretty much have a band off of just social media. Like you don't need a record label backing you if you have like a strong social media and you know kind of how to market that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, want to put a pause on uh, the band real quick. I, I kind of want to um, ask about um, how you got into hardcore. Uh, I got into hardcore. So I've been playing shows since I was like 12 years old. I used to play in like a shitty little ska punk band and like with my brother and shit. And we used to play backyard shows, like backyard punk shows in like Anaheim and like just all around Orange County and shit. And like just being like little punk kids, little skate punk kids. Um, basically went from just going, like playing all those shows and just like at that time I was like listening to like Minor Threat and like Bad Brains and all that shit. And like, I, people call that like hardcore but I thought that was just punk when I was younger and uh so like I like later on I feel like that gap was kind of bridged and that like happened through program for a long time I used to like I thought I hated hardcore because at the time like there was like a point in time where like my brother had like his scene phase and I thought it was super whack and I hated it and I was like yo this music fucking sucks and like I thought that's what hardcore was so for a long time I was just like put off by it and i was just like yo like that shit sucks it's like at that time it was like 
<clears throat> he was listening to, like Bring Me the Horizon and like all that shit and he like people could like he called it hardcore and I was like, Oh, that's like that's fucking lame. I don't like that shit. And uh so for a long time I feel like I was off put by it and then coming around going to program all the time and then working there and shit pretty much opened my mind to all that stuff and I realized like hardcore is such a more broad spectrum of music than just like that kind of shit. And that's like figured out later on that's more like metalcore shit and but it's oddly enough like that's like the shit I'm starting to like enjoy a lot more nowadays I guess but so it's funny how like came full circle but yeah went from playing just backyard punk shows and then to working at program working at program I saw every single band so yeah pretty much just bridged that gap for me that's wild and um, when you're in your uh punk sky band were you uh playing drums or were you uh doing vocals yeah I was playing drums I played drums my whole life until dare dare's the first band I sang in Dang, that's crazy. I I wonder if a lot of people uh, know that about you, it, it, that you can play the drums. Uh, I feel like some people do because there was a time when I was in like a couple different bands at the same time that Dare was first starting. So I feel like people kind of knew, but if not, at our tape release, we fucking me and I did an old switcheroo, and I played Scream to Say on drums, and he sang it, and that was super fun. Yeah. So people, if people didn't know before, they know now. So. Yeah, I definitely spent a whole year. It, it feels like, it. And, and this is um, like leading up to you guys getting announced on uh, Sound and Fury, and I, I was banging this drum to the people that I was hanging around. And I was like, "Hey, you guys need to check out Dare. Dare sick." And um, I, I feel like at the time, like it wasn't cool to like you guys. You guys hadn't. Um, this was still like. OC Straight Edge, you know, you guys are still on Reaper Days. You guys didn't, didn't even um, release or have the second release yet. And my friends were just kind of like, uh, I don't really know. They're not really into that band. And I'm just like, okay. I'm like, you guys are missing out because, like, I'm telling you, like, I would not pester you guys about this band if they weren't that good. And mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget this. I, and it was literally, you guys were setting up to, to play at Sound and Fury. And one of those guys that was giving me crap for the whole year about not really being into you guys. He was, he was right up front and I was, and I saw him. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing up here? And he's like, I, I'm here to see dare dude. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, really? After you giving me shit the whole year for liking this band, you're going to be up here. You're an idiot. And I, I felt like a lot of people, like it, it took them a while to, to take to you guys, um, which like, which yeah. I never understood. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it took a while for people to, fuck with us in terms of like california like i feel like when we tour elsewhere like it was fine but for a while for some reason california didn't really latch on too much but i feel like we also weren't really good at what we did at the time you know like it was cool but it wasn't like anything to stand out and uh we just kept pushing through it and kept just trying to do it you know like fuck what everyone else thought we just kept doing it for us and it ended up just like paying off you know people came around and people saw that we've been like grinding and trying to do all the shit to get ourselves up there you know and i feel like people respect that and that's what made people latch on to us more definitely after that sound of fury set i feel like people definitely were just like okay like we're gonna actually take this band somewhat seriously yeah i feel like after that it, it was like undeniable but um going backwards uh so you guys had uh your second release and you guys played it um riff mountain and i, I always forget the, the entire bill it was um you guys uh cool side I want to say uh, initiate and drain. Yeah, that was the lineup. Okay, and like, like if you look at uh, you know all those bands and like Cool Side, I I, I wish they would be more active because I I've always loved that band. I, I think they're really awesome. Yeah. Um, everybody in that band. I love that band. Yeah, everybody in that band's awesome. But then you look at you guys, initiate and drain, and there's just been this crazy amount of growth for all you guys. And it's just like super awesome. And just crazy to think that all you guys played riff mountain like a couple of years ago. And it, like, it wasn't like a big deal yet. Yeah, definitely. It was, it's, it's kind of crazy to see where we're all at. Like drain just got signed the rev and is about to drop the new album initiate just put out lavender, which is a fucking phenomenal release. And it's just like seeing how much all of us have grown in that, feel like it's been what a year and a year and some change now like it's crazy just looking back and i have like that 
the original flyer like drawing thing that Joey did, like hanging up in my room and I'm looking at it right now. And it's like, I look at it from time to time and I'm just like, damn, that's crazy. Like, I feel like if that show were to happen now, it'd be fucking insane. Yeah, definitely. And, and I always think back to, I'm uh, way back when uh, you did my um, email interview and this, this is like super old school. And I, I'll always remember, I, I asked you, um, you know, what band should we be listening to that we probably aren't? And uh, like absence of mind was on that list. Drain was on that list. And to see like you being um, down and to push those bands so early on and to see like how far they've come. It's just so crazy. Yeah. Absence of mind was, I wanted them to play that record release, but they were just at that time they were on tour. They played flyover fest. So they were on like the Midwest, Mm -hmm. but had they been home, they would have played that show. Okay. Yeah. And see, and at the time, I was still like getting into them just because I, like I found out about them through you. So yeah, I, I didn't even realize they were on tour. Yeah, at that time they were they were on with Purgatory and Karma. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is like I had uh, some of the dudes uh, from Karma on the podcast, and when they told me that they came to California and toured with Absence, I was like, what the hell? Like, how'd that go over my head? And, like, I I totally missed that. Well, it was that that show was fucking funny. That was their LA show. It was at Shenanigans Studio. You were there. Probably the worst show. I, yeah, it was probably the worst show I've ever been to. That venue was fucking dog shit, dude. Yeah, they, they're telling me how like sketchy that place was. Dude, like nobody really played. It was like people played, but like it was fucking stupid. Like you walk in and just the smell of cat piss fucking overwhelmed you, and it was just. In a fuck like not even like it was just in an industrial area, but it was just fucked up, dude. And it's not a good show. But we all just kicked in the parking lot and had a good time, so it was fun. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And is that place still open? Because I, I don't think I've ever seen a flyer for that no place. No clue. That I think that was like the first hardcore show they were gonna do there, and then all of us were just like, "Yeah, don't ever. No one should ever book there again." That was fucked. Yeah, I'm always sketch out. Like, I I just went to the the uh, wreck for the first time. Like, uh, for that uh, for an initiates um like record release weekend, and I was sketched out yeah, just yeah. being there. That that place was strange to me. It's a little strange. The parking there definitely. Is. We fled there a few like two and a half years ago, three years ago. Yeah, the parking there is pretty fucked. It's a cool. It, it's definitely in like a a hole in the wall kind of place, you know. Yeah, but it's cool. I mean, that place has cool shows. I don't know. Shows don't really go down there too often anymore, but I liked going there. It was cool. Yeah, I appreciate the DIY aspect, but I literally just hated the fact that uh, people were smoking inside the venue. Yeah, that, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's the only bad thing I, I can say too. about it. Because everybody was nice to me, uh, like the people running the door and um, everybody that I interacted with, everybody was like nice. But yeah, I just hated the fact that like literally like two people over from me, some guys just lighting up a cigarette and like it was just really annoying. Uh, that's what I liked about Rift Mountain. I feel like no one really did that there. And if they did, it was rare. So that was cool about Rift Mountain. Like I pretty sh- I don't remember if it was like a server space, but I know. No, the, I there was definitely people call. drinking in uh, uh, Rift Mountain. I, I remember. Yeah, there's people drinking. But I don't think anyone was fucking lighting up cigarettes inside the venue. Yeah, the couple times that I went there, I never saw that there. Yeah, I, I miss that place definitely. Fucking something. Yeah, I remember. I think in Orange County, the untapped potential in the sucks that it got shut down so soon. Yeah, I remember one night I literally saw um, you guys there, and then I went to a program like right after to see uh, initiate. Were we playing the same show the same day? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Initiate was playing with RJC at program. Yeah. And that was when we played with, it was Absence of Mind, yeah. Drain, Resonate, Slow Decay, Momentum. Yes. That was like the first show we had at Rift Mountain. I remember that. Yeah. I I, I remember, yeah, and like Momentum played like, a, I think like a secret set or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was fucking cool. Yeah. That's a band that I like a lot that doesn't do shit, but shouldn't be doing shit. Yeah, I, I, I see the singer like all the time at shows, but I, I don't really see them on flyers. Yeah, they don't really play shows too often. They just played a show with that program the seasons change and it was cool. They're set their new shit's fucking cool. They just I don't know if they're gonna do shit. I hope they do, because like I said, that means fucking sick. Weren't you guys supposed to be on that show? Which one? 
Oh, never mind. I'm I mixing up the, the older Seasons Change show you guys played at, at PBW. Oh, uh, no. They, they they just did another one at Program like okay. a few weeks back. That's, that's But we great. did play the first one with Drain, Absence of Mind, Modern, no, not Modern Color. Drain, Absence of Mind, Seasons Change, Andy's Room. And then I think Josh had his band at the time that played their first show. I think that was the only show they played, honestly. It was cool, though. And to my knowledge, that was like the last PBW show that I ever heard of. I think so. I think there was some like metalcore shows there, but like, no one fucking. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, yeah, I didn't mind that place. Like, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of driving to Pomona, but I, I saw so many cool shows at that spot. I was too young to go. My parents didn't really let me go to shows that often because it kind of died before I turned eighteen, and at the time, like. I'd really only go to shows if it was that program because like, like I said, my parents didn't, or it's not that they didn't let me, but I didn't have friends that drove at the time. So mm. we couldn't, I couldn't go to any of those shows, but they, most of the time they'd play program too. So I never really missed out on too much. I feel like. Yeah. And for me, I was like so fresh to like moving to orange County, like driving like the 30, 40 minutes to, depending on traffic to, PBW wasn't that big of a deal because I was so used to driving two hours round trip uh, to get to a shows and to get home. So it was like a nice change. Where did you live before? I grew up in the Palm Springs area. Oh, word. Yeah, so it was like a, a super struggle to to get to shows. Luckily, I had older friends who were down to go. and um, But the only thing that sucked was... Uh, I could only go to the shows that they were down to go to because I was like, um, you know, new into hardcore and I was like, you know, researching bands on MySpace and like trying to pitch shows to my friends like, hey, like, let's go. But at the time, like, obviously I wasn't driving, so I didn't really um, understand that it's just like, you know, kind of a hassle to, you know, uh, drive across town to pick up four different people and then drive two hours out and then two hours back home. And like, you know, they had jobs. I didn't uh, really have like a legit job. I was like working like part time at a grocery store. I had like no responsibilities. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, it's way convenient now because, like, now, like, since I live so close, like, going to show like, can, you know, take like less than 20 minutes, which is really nice. Yeah, dude, I feel like we're pretty spoiled out here in terms of shows, like, uh, meeting people all across the country and shit. And they're just like, yeah, sometimes we gotta drive like two hours or three hours to go to a show. And I'm like, dude, fuck that. I feel like when a show's in LA, I'm like, damn, that's far. So I can't imagine what it's like to, like, have to drive to fucking Chicago for then like friends that was in Milwaukee that have to drive to Chicago and shit for this show. And like, I don't know, definitely take that shit for granted sometimes. Cause like I said, when, when shows are in LA, I'm just like, yeah, let's fucking far. And it makes me like not want to go. Yeah. I, I definitely get that. My tune has definitely changed because before driving two hours, it was just like nothing. Cause like, that's what we had to do to get to shows. But now that I'm like in the middle of it, I'm just kind of like, Man, I got work in the morning, and it's like, do I want to get, yeah, you know, like two hours or six hours of sleep? I, I, you know, I have to like weigh out all these like different options, but yeah, um, definitely, yeah. But uh, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, your guys' uh, self-titled record. Yeah, yeah. What was uh, your inspiration uh, when you were writing that? Honestly, that record, I feel like was pretty not forced but it was written really fast and then we kind of just like cool we're done and then like didn't really try to change it after like didn't really go over the songs like we wrote them like honestly that record was written in two practices and then we had one track that we couldn't just we were stumped on and we couldn't write like a song to finish the record and that was dead and past but um i don't know because we kind of i remember being in that practice spot and then we just fucking busted out three songs and we we're just like holy shit like the record's basically done and uh yeah i don't know in terms of inspiration like i honestly like i don't know because it was kind of just like no thought kind of went into it i feel like because like i said we were just jamming and we were practicing and then we started jamming and then all those songs came out so in terms of influences like honestly like fuck i don't know like we all, I feel like the thing in Dare is like all of us listen to, listen to different veins of hardcore. So all of that just kind of gets meshed into one. And uh, it, is that the reason why Dead and Path is so short? Is because you guys got 
stumped on that one? Well, we Dead Empath was a song that was kind of like it's not even that it was that's why it's so short. I feel like at the time we were just that was kind of our style, just short and sweet. But um, Dead Empath was a song that we couldn't write. Like we we were stumped and like couldn't figure out a song. And then I think it was like three practices went by and we were just like, dude, we can't figure out a song. And then like the next practice it was like we busted that out. We're like, cool, the record's done. Okay, and uh, are you incorporating that song more into your set list? Because I, I remember you guys played it at the the um, release at Rift Mountain, and then I don't think I heard it again until like it Chain Reaction when you guys play with Movements. Honestly, I hate playing that song live. That song fucking kills me vocally. Like I feel like there's so much, so many words, so fast that it's harder for me to do. So we kind of tend to not play that song because of that just for the sake of not blowing my voice out as soon as the set starts and like if it's later in the set like I'll be not able to do it because like my voice is starting to go out but and I, honestly like <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of that song in general that's but, so funny because that's literally like one, one of my favorite songs off that record <laughs> yeah people, a lot of people tell me and I'm just like I don't know like it's a cool song but it's not one of my favorites to play like for a long time we switched it out for Cotton the Act and then I was like, no, nah, I want to play Cloud in the Act again. So we switched. We take we took out Dead and Path and started playing Cloud in the Act again. Because there was a time where we didn't play Cloud in the Act for months. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that you guys recorded that record at uh, Paradise Studios. Yeah. Can you talk about what that experience was like? Because I've seriously, I've had so many people on here who've recorded there. And I, I seriously I'm, love so many records that have come out of that studio. Yeah, I feel like it's the go-to place to go if you're like a smaller Orange County or L.A. man. Um, Madison and Colin fucking kill it, dude. It's a cool-ass place. For doesn't kill your wallet either when you're a band starting out. You know, you don't have a budget and shit, so it's cool. Good product, fucking. They kill it every time. We just recorded that tape with them. Sounds phenomenal. Can't complain. And um, yeah, okay, so. Uh, and the taper referring to is uh, "Welcome to the OC." So, uh, yeah. uh, just last thing on the uh, self-titled, um, was that the was that released through Reaper? Yeah, that was released through Reaper. That was like the first actual seven inch that we did, because the, the demo got put on a flexi. But oh, this was like the first seven inch we did. Okay, and uh, the tape that uh, just came out recently, you guys put it out through uh, Program. Can you uh, talk yeah. about? the decision to do that with program um programs like we talked about earlier i used to work there program has been one of the biggest things in my life like in terms of just like that was my second home for a long time because my life at home wasn't too great so i'd sleep at the shop a lot and just even when i was a little kid when i wasn't working there like i'd just go there all the time to hang out to avoid being home and shit in uh <clears throat> Just like the full circle of just, I remember just being a kid and like wanting to get sponsored by programs so bad. And then when I started playing music, I was like, I want to play here so bad. And just kind of like how, like our, the first day or so ever was that program. So like all that shit, it was kind of just like, it made sense. I've always wanted to do something with the shop. And at the time we were just like writing that seven inch, the self-titled. And he was like, Chris has thrown it out in the past. And I was just like, we don't really have songs to give out right now. And then all this kind of happened and we had some member changes and like I feel like people thought we were not a band anymore. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm gonna hit a program. Like I'm gonna hit up Chris. We're going to fucking do this. We're going to show people that we're very much still a band and we're very much still fucking here. And that's kind of how that went about, like how that happened. Um, but it was for me, mostly it was just a, that shop has done so much for me. I just wanted to do something like give back to it, you know, in a way and just, expose people to it even more because i'm sure people a lot of people know about it but i'm sure a lot of people don't at the same time so it's just one of those things where it's just like that shop's been everything to me so that's awesome to yeah. hear uh going back to that night at the show uh there was almost a moment where there was a, a chance that the show was going to be stopped before you guys even got to play and if that would have happened would you guys have just uh been like all right that's it show's over or would you guys have tried to um book another tape release show we probably would have i don't know we probably would have done it again because that show was for us you know yeah and then that shit happened and it almost fucking got shut down but uh thankfully it didn't but 
Yeah, we probably would have just done it again. We're like, fuck it, we'll be back next week. And just probably just us or a different lineup entirely, which could have been really cool too, you know? Yeah. But and yeah, we probably, the, the show definitely would have went on. Do you know if anybody filmed your guys' set? Because I know uh, Steven from 197 Media was there, but then when um, all that stuff went down, uh, he took off because he thought, uh, you know, it just wasn't uh, the same vibe. Uh, but then he ended up putting out the uh, Zulu set. So I'm just like, damn it, why didn't he just stay to film Dare set? So I'm not sure if anybody yeah. actually filmed your guys' set. So it, I think it just the way after everything happened, things were kind of tense and Chris didn't want him filming anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think after like Chris cooled off and was like, oh, like, did, like, did you film the Dare set? And he's like, oh, no, you told me not to. He's like, oh, fuck, I didn't, like, I forgot. Like, I'm sorry. And it was kind of just like, it, it, he in the moment, he was just like, nah, like, no more. So. Which is completely understandable, you know, like taking yeah, really back to the shop. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer because that was such a good show, such a special show, and there's no video evidence of it. There's pictures, thankfully. But um, yeah, I wish someone would have filmed that set. The only, the only, the only video I've seen is like what people tagged us in stories, and then that kid uh took a video of when me and I did the switcheroo. So that was cool. I'm glad I at least have that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what'd you guys do with that banner? Uh, so one of those, one of the kids that works at program now, uh, his name's Sal. Uh, I gave it to him because he loves Derek and he's been stoked on us. I remember skating in that, like that Burger King parking lot. Cause that was like my old stomping ground for skating. I'd skate there for hours every single day. And, uh, one day I like this kind of a bit, like off track, but, um, I remember skating there with my roommate Swampy and we were, um, he like came up to me and he was like, Hey, like, sorry, this sounds weird, but like, are you the singer of Dare? And I was just like, uh, like, yeah, like, what's up? And I was like, weirded out. Cause I was just like, what the fuck? How do you know? Right? Like, you know, Dare. And then I remember him unzipping his jacket and, uh, he was wearing a Dare shirt and I was super stoked. And then he asked me, like, he was a barista too. And like, I'm a barista. And he like asked me how to steam, like finding tips for steaming almond milk. I remember being just like a really like wholesome interaction. And then, uh, later on, like he started working at the shop and being around more. And then, uh, the end of the show it was just there and chris was just like oh do you want to do a giveaway and then like i looked i turned the sound do you want it and he was like uh yeah so i just gave it to him because i know he fucks with there and i know it'd be going to somewhere cool and then later that night he sent me a picture of it it's like hanging up in his room it's fucking like super cool you know hell yeah for sure it's always nice to give back to the people who um, are really down and uh, support you and what you guys do exactly it's one of those things it was just like I see when people do that. Like I definitely notice. So it's cool to be able to give back when I can. So I uh, just kind of jumping around. Uh, you guys uh, way back when uh, you guys did a tour with uh, initiate. Can you talk about how that came together? Um. So we, we've, I feel like we've all just been at that time. We all, we all knew of each other and we all were already becoming friends. And I think we we're all just like, yo, let's fucking tour together. Like, what are we waiting for? Let's just do it already. And we we're just like, cool, like, let's fucking do it. And we put this tour together. It was honestly one of the funnest tours I've been on, hanging out with all of them. They're all fucking the best people, like, I've ever met. Like, I love all of them in that. Uh, kind of came full circle because now Alec is filling in for us when he can, when Initiate's not busy and stuff, you know? So, like, it was just one of those things where it's just, like, friends just, like, we like each other's bands and we're like why don't we just tour like it makes sense you know we're from the same area sort of so just might as well do it yeah and it's really nice and to it was cool because... oh go ahead uh, it was just cool just like it working out and just it being as fun as it was you know yeah it was definitely cool to see just um from like the outside looking in uh i love when uh bands from california uh, get together and actually go out and do cool stuff together, go out on the road and uh, do a cool tour. So I, I was definitely uh, psyched to see you guys go out and do that. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. Uh, one thing I uh, find interesting is uh, I've uh, just being at your guys' shows and just like randomly, I'll always like see uh, Scott Vogel there. And I, I remember one time uh, it was uh, the locker room show you guys played with uh, Backtrack and yeah I, I remember I, I was literally trying to get into the building to see you guys but it like it was like we had to go through like the metal detectors and get padded down and i remember i was right behind uh scott in line and he was like talking to one of his friends and he's like dude he's like it's like dare's playing like like this is my favorite band in hardcore right now like damn it like i, I might miss them and like uh it was just kind of like a shit situation because security was like going like extra crazy with like the pat downs and like you know making people take out everything from their pockets and uh it was a trip he made it in but i missed you guys that time and i was so pissed 
Damn. Yeah, that was a fun show. I remember that. Yeah. Can you talk about your relationship with Scott? Uh, he started coming around to our shows and stuff through Reaper because uh, Patrick, who owns Reaper, uh, that was his best friend for a long time, and they used to be roommates and stuff. And what Scott told me, so they've like he found out about us through that. And then uh, it's fucking gnarly, dude. I don't. It's it's crazy to me because it's like I used to play along the terror songs when I was twelve years old in my garage, you know, mm-hmm. like and like now like being friends with him and shit. It's just it's crazy. Like I don't know, life works in weird ways, and like he puts on for dare so hard and it's something that's just like very like admirable because it's just like there's so many bands he could put on for you know but it's happened to be us and i'm fucking super grateful for it we've gotten a lot of cool opportunities because of it and we've toured with terror a handful of times because of it and it's just like terror is one of my favorite bands so it's crazy and like it's definitely how i want to be you know like as say dare gets bigger I want to put on for the smaller bands and I feel like that's kind of why I have the mentality that I do. Like I want to put on for my scene. I want to put on for the younger bands. I want to do what I can to help everybody grow. Like there's no point in going to the top if your friends aren't with you, you know? So I feel like that's why I very much am like always putting on for the local bands, putting on for all my friends' bands. Like, I don't know, like that's what means the world to me, you know? Like we're all here. We're all here to have fun. Might as well just have fun together. And it's not a competition. It's just music you guys uh played a show at uh the garden grove amphitheater with terror a while back yeah it was in december i think it was uh terror and chrome eggs so i uh, recently had on uh greg he sings for uh, world demise he uh sings for the mongoloids he told a story about um how he uh, got to that show late because uh, we we're talking about just like uh, random like guest list stuff and he w- was telling me that he uh, got um, invited by terror but he got there late and he was like so pissed um, and he still wanted to support so he told me that he went to the merch area and he saw um, a dare shirt and it uh, said straight edge on it so he's like whatever like um, it says straight edge on it it looks cool like I'm going to pick it up and then he told me that eventually um, he went home and uh, checked you guys out and thought you guys were actually sick so he was actually stoked that the random shirt that he bought was from a band who's actually um, like you know pretty sick Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was such a random story, but I, I was just kind of like, uh, just thinking in my head, I'm like, hell yeah, that, that's so random but cool that he picked up like one of your guys' shirts and he actually uh, digs your band. Yeah, that's that fucking cool. Yeah, super random, but uh, yeah, great story. Uh, shout out to Greg. But um, you guys have done like so many awesome things, and like one thing that uh, went viral, and I, I, I'm sure you can't escape it because like you literally posted it the other day. It's like that that uh, little snippet from your guys' set from Sound and Fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. It's like crazy to me because like you know it's funny. Like I'm actually in that video and I always laugh whenever like I see it. But like I don't even understand like how it got so big. It's just like something that just happened because like I don't even know um, who originally posted it, but like, it was on Twitter, right? And then it just kind of like just spread like a yeah. wildfire. Barst yeah, Barstool Sports found it. I don't know how they did, but after Barstool Sports found it, it fucking just lost control. It was for 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 like that first month. It was just the in the dare Instagram was just going off every day, all day, just getting tagged in it over and over and over again. It, it's like really funny now, but at the time I was like, dude, this fucking is annoying. Like, stop tagging us and this shit. But it's like it's fucking funny. Like, there's so many different versions of it too. Like, I've seen like an American football version where it never meant playing over it. I've seen a Pokemon version. I've seen a Christmas version. It's just pretty. It's it's funny and like just like people to post it. Like, Will Duval posted it, and it's like it's funny because I remember watching Guy Code when I was a fucking little kid, and like this guy fucking posted it, and just like a bunch of crazy. I don't, I don't know. It was funny. Yeah, and it's definitely. Um, I, I was like, uh, you know, whenever it pops up, I'll go and watch it, and uh, you know, just try to see like who else I can recognize that's in the crowd because it's like you know, so many friends like out there supporting for you guys' set. Yeah, I, I, my favorite thing to do of those is look at the comments because people are always say crazy shit. It's always just funny to read. For a long time, they're just like, oh, this is white people shit, and there's like clearly like a Mexican flag on stage, and like. Me and I and our guitars at the time were all fucking brown, and then I was black. So it's like it's funny, and everyone's like, 
just arguing in the comments, just like, you know, do you not see like the flag up there? Do you not see like the singer is like Mexican? And just like, it's, it was just funny just reading all like just the little like, comment words that were happening. And uh, when you guys uh, went up there and were about to play uh, for the first time in San and Fury, did you expect to have that kind of reaction? Not at all. No, not one bit. I was thinking back on that. I just watched that video the other day. Like, blows me away because at that time, like I said, I was still at the time like when people were just kind of looked the other way for a day, I guess. Like, some people fucked with us. That was kind of when people started to look at us because we got signed or because we got on Sound and Fury. And like, so it was crazy. Like, just that that reaction is definitely something I never expected, and it's fucking crazy, you know. Like first band, and we we're still right. Like at the time, we only had the demo out. We didn't even have the seven inch out. For having that cool of a reaction for playing all new songs, basically, couldn't ask for anything better. You guys opened that fest? Because I'm trying to think. Yeah, we opened day two. Damn. Yeah, because uh, Initiate played first on the first day, right? And then you guys played. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah, because I, I was thinking back, like the only other time that I can think of a band playing that early at Sound and Fury and getting that kind of reaction was when uh, the the Beautiful Ones played like really early. Um, it was like I can't remember what year it was. It had to be like two thousand like ten or eleven, and they got a crazy reaction. But then like since then, like yeah, you guys like that shit just like went nuts, and, th- and that that is crazy. Yeah. I, I I didn't even remember that you guys were the first band. That, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, we were the first band second day. Yeah, well, that's cool. You know, everybody showed up, and it's cool that uh, you guys had that great reaction. And I was, I was really stoked to see that Sound of Fury uh, put you guys on there, and uh, they're uh, you know bringing on some of the newer bands from Southern California. And it was cool that you guys got put on the fest and showed like, hey, like you know, we have a fan base, like we do cool shit, and you know, your guys' reaction proved that. So I was like really happy for you guys. Yeah, I was stoked, dude. I remember getting that email. Asking if we wanted to play, and I was fucking losing my mind. I was like, "Damn, we're really gonna play Sound of Fury? Like, that's insane." That's interesting. I always wondered how they contacted people. If it was like through like DM or email or text, I'm sure it's different for everybody. Yeah, it probably varies person to person. But I remember, I think it was like someone hit someone up, and then they were just like, "Yo, can I get your email?" I have. Oh, it was fucking. I remember Madison texted me, and he was just like, "Hey, I have a show for you. Can you send me your email?" And I was like, "Yeah," and I sent it to him, and then. I was thinking it was just a suburban fight and it was fucking sound of fury. And I was like, geez, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, dude, you couldn't mention that when you texted me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was cool. Good. Cool surprise. So I definitely love the way that you guys uh, rep Orange County. I, I was, uh, cause uh, I mentioned earlier growing up in Palm Springs, uh, I, I we didn't really have like a super legit scene. There were bands from uh, where I was at growing up. Like uh, I, I'll always pay respects to bands like um, It Involves Murder, probably the biggest band to ever come out of where I was from. My buddy Steve Kibble played in a band called Marshmallow Forest Fire. Uh, Rudy played in a band called Face Plant. So it's just like older bands, but like there were we didn't really have a scene. It was like like the shows were few and far between, and um, there wasn't anything legit. So. Um, and I even played in a band, but whatever, that doesn't matter. But then when I moved to Orange County and like I was finally a part of like a like a legit scene, like, you know, a constant flow of shows, constant flow of bands and just something constant going on. I was just really proud to rep Orange County. So whenever there is a band from Orange County, I was like, OK, I have to you know do my best to support them and just try to push them and help them as much as I can with whatever, you know, buying records, uh, going to shows, uh, you know, tweeting about flyers, whatever. So um, that's how I was with Fury. And that's how I, I was with you guys. And to see you guys always like rep it and like the titles of your guys' records or the snippets from like the actual show, the OC, like I, I just love that shit. So like, I'm really stoked that you guys do that for Orange County. Nice. Yeah, dude, it's fucking cool. I mean, we, there's so much fucking history in Orange County, you know, in just terms of punk and hardcore. So like, <clears throat> be, I don't know. My whole thing is like, be proud of where you're from. Like put on for your scene. If you want your scene to be cool, you have to put on for it. You have to put on for all the younger bands. You have to do something for your scene. So it's just like little things like that, like just repping it, like people notice and people are like, dude, that's like, like, like you said, you think that's cool, you know? And people want to start their own bands and be able to be like, yeah, we're fucking Orange County, man. So it's just like, it's cool. Like definitely. I've been repping Orange County since I was a little kid, like that old Scott Punk band. Like we were like, we definitely were just like, yeah, we're Orange County. Like we're Orange County Scott Punk and shit. And like, having like a dumb little song called like OC not LA because we like beefed the LA stockhorse and her some shit and it was just like definitely just repping Orange County for as long as I can remember 
And when I think of Orange County Hardcore, the bands that come to mind now, Fury, Dare, and Take It to Heart. And I'm just like thinking like, man, that list, like when I think about the things that happen in Orange County and like the shows that we get, I'm just like, shouldn't there be more bands? Yeah, definitely. I I ask myself the same thing. I'm like, what the hell? Like we should have way more bands instead of just the small handful that we have, you know? Um, there's like I said, there's so many fuck like all the bands that have come out of here, and just like you, you would think we'd have way more bands, you know? Because like I mean, imagine Orange County in the '90s, fucking bands galore. Yeah. Like nowadays, it's like you could name all the bands in Orange County on your fingers, you know? Yeah, and it's so strange to me, and like, uh, like I don't know how to play an instrument, so I'm like I can't just go out and be like, hey, let's start a band when I have nothing to offer. So like, I don't think that's uh, fair for me to do. Um, but it's, yeah, it's sometimes it, it, it does trip me out. Cause obviously, uh, people, uh, will just lump in Southern California as like one big scene. But then when you get into yeah. like the intricate details of it, it's like, no, there's like, you know, San Diego, LA, Orange County. Yeah. Um, Barry, all, oh no, Barry. That's a whole different thing. My bad. Yeah, but no, yeah, Southern California, there's all that different shit. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of confusing. Like, I don't know. I like one thing I, that I hope Dare does is to make people want to start music and start bands and start rapping in Orange County. It's like I'd love for there for me to be able to look down and just like see all these different Orange County bands, you know. And I'm stoked that Take It to Heart reps Orange County as much as they do. And because they do that, I want to put on for them, you know. Like, I mean, that's a big reason why they played our tape release. Like, my thing is, it's like if you're gonna rep Orange County and you're gonna fucking put that on your shit like i'm gonna put on for you because if i want my scene to be what it like what i want it to be i have to that's what you have to do you know you have to put on for the younger bands put on for everybody and just create i don't know it's like a sort of just bond just through where you're from so uh yeah definitely that's why take it to heart was played that show and that's why i fuck with take it to heart like they on top of them being my friends, you know, but um, yeah, they rep Orange County, and if you rep Orange County, then I'm a fuck with you because like that's sick, you know. Like I want, I want more of that. So if I like it, I just want to put on for everybody that wants to do that, you know. Yeah, so no. People listen to this, they're like, cool. I want to start a band because Dare's gonna put on for you. Yeah, if you rep Orange County, we will probably put on for you. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely back that. I'm I'm the same way. Whenever I, I see Orange County, it's just like, yeah, this is like where i stay this is the scene that like i've been you know supporting since i moved here back in like 2010 and i'm always down to you know push that like you know no cool guy bullshit no you know social ladders fuck all that it's like it's one scene like we all gotta do it together so um so it's awesome i love to you know love that you guys put uh take it to heart on your guys' uh tape release show and um one one thing i was gonna ask so um, you briefly mentioned um you had uh Alec fill in and I know on the territory you had Alec and Eric playing for you guys. Uh, Alec didn't play just Eric did. Oh, okay. Um, why did I think um, Alec played the, the tour as well? Was he on the uh, tour with you guys um, or no? What's up? What was um, Alec on the tour with you guys? No, he it was, uh, it was so on that tour, Gabe and uh, Brian from, the Midwest was with us. Alec wasn't with us. Okay, man. Why? Oh, did did you guys you guys played a show together though, right? Initiate. Or am I mixing this thing whole thing up? I think you're mixing it up. And uh, Crystal did a guest spot, so my that might be confusing you. Maybe that's what's confusing me. Okay, yeah, because I I did see pictures of her. Okay, that that makes sense. Huh. Wow. Okay, so going back to that the guitar spot um have you guys uh reached out are you guys looking for like a full-time person do you have anybody in mind uh i feel like there's a few people we have in mind but right now it's just having homies like well, there's no rush you know like we're mm-hmm. not gonna we definitely don't want to just put someone in the band and have it not work out again so we're just taking our time like there's no rush like i said we're writing this record just the three of us and uh if it happens, it happens. But for right now, we have an abundance of friends that are down to tour and are great musicians that we'd love to bring with us. So that's not really something like it's definitely on our minds, but we're not, it's not something we're stressed about, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we're doing just fine without it. So there's no reason to stress out about it. And obviously, like uh, uh, who plays or who writes the gu- guitar parts? Because um, right now it's just, uh, you know, you, Anaya, and Aaron. 
Well, from the get-go, it's it's been a group effort. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never been one person writing songs. It's always been uh, everyone writing songs, you know? So it's just been all of us. But right now, Aaron, when we when we practice and stuff, Aaron's playing guitar. Okay. But that, and uh, look, on, like, on the, on the tape we just did, Aaron played guitar and bass on that. Interesting. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, what I was really happy about is that uh, your guys' sound didn't vary too much because you know when you uh you know switch members get new members like sometimes like uh you know that person could have been the key person writing the part that they played and i was really happy to see that your guys' sound uh didn't change too much yeah no not at all he the, the other guy didn't really write too much like like i said it's a group effort so everybody mm-hmm. writes brings something and uh aaron writes a lot of the stuff if i'm like to be real aaron and i got some riffs yeah and i, I feel like i don't really have riffs but yeah, they do for sure. That that's a good move. You know, I love the collaboration, and um, it, it's only a cool way because um, I feel like that that um, bond for everybody to come together and uh, you know share that with the music. It's it's really cool to hear about. Yeah, definitely. It's something I feel like we take pride in that we all collab on shit. You know, like the whole band's a little bit of everybody. It's not just one person doing everything. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you guys have done some, uh, like, you know, I feel like you guys were, like, pretty active last year. Uh, can you talk about um, which tour was your favorite? My favorite tour of last year was definitely the Culture Reuse Tour. That's a tour that, I'll, that I wish I was on every day. There was definitely a lot of ups and downs on it in terms of just, like, personal conflict. But um, overall, it's the funnest tour. Seeing Culture Reuse every night is a privilege, you know. Like, I hope I get that privilege again. I love all of them to death. Seeing Young Gov, seeing Tony Molina, seeing Culture Reese every day, and then that that tour was just fun because it was every few days there was a new band that was on the road with us for a few days. Like we had RJC, we had Army, we had uh, Lil Ugly Man for a second, and Poison Thorn was doing his DJ set. That was fucking sick, and just like, and it was a great tour. It was definitely like a cool thing. Like I feel like when Dare starts doing headliners, if that ever happens, like definitely throughout i'd want to do it just put on for all your friends you know like it was that was one of the funnest tours that i was on and uh, other fun tours from that year I'm trying to think i mean that initiate tour was kind of end of last year and then like kind of went through the year a little bit like a few days in so that tour was fun and then uh I'm trying to think oh the ldb tour insane our first time in the mid like yeah first time in the midwest insane that was Probably Culture Reuse and Lowen, I think, are my favorite ones because I love everyone in Lowen. That's Lowen's one of my favorite bands. Such a good band, such good people. It was Lowen, Cross Me and Dare, and that was definitely a tour where I was just like, this is fucking like, I want to play music. That's all I wanted to do. I feel like that tour kind of solidified that. On the uh, Culture Beast tour, I, I love that model of, um, you know, uh, switching um, acts out, you know, uh, just depending on, on where you guys were. So it was cool to see, like, you know, the, the different people, like, you know, kind of jumping on and jumping off with you guys. Uh, did you guys ever feel out of place um, uh, sound wise? Because I know, like, a, a, all the bands, like, everybody sounded a little different. Uh, yeah, we were the only, uh, on the actual package itself, not the people that like were just like thrown on for a few days, we were the only hardcore band. Honestly, I loved it. I loved that we were separate from the rest of the show. Like, it was definitely like, I feel like we played, and it was like, popped off, and it was super energetic every night, and then people kind of mellowed out, and we were just like, oh, listening to Tony, or listening to Young Gov, and it was cool. Like, I don't know, that was, I don't know, like, I didn't really feel out of place at all. I had so much fun on that tour, and I feel like everyone, it was just cool to see so many different kinds of bands on one lineup you know so it was cool it was awesome mm-hmm. yeah and uh you mentioned the tour to ldb um the the drummer of uh low end uh why am i drawing a blank on his name mitch uh, yes mitch you know he's been uh like you know behind the scenes so many people have reached out to me and have been like dude you gotta have that guy on the podcast and I'm just like, all right, like I'll, I'll reach out to him. But uh, I was just like, well, why is everybody so like stoked on like this guy? And uh, I, I recently watched the the drum cam from this year's past LDB that Steven put up. And I was like, dude, this guy's like, you know, like is insane on the drums. I was like, I get it now. Yeah, he fucking, yeah, he fucking rips. Great human. And he also rips. Okay. His drumming is undeniable. So uh, I, I definitely watched um, the LDB set from 2018, like a bunch of times. 
and uh, I, I was always um, interested. Uh, you guys did a, a sweatsuit. Can you talk about what was the uh, motivation to do that kind of merch? Uh, that design or the sweatsuit? Uh, the sweatsuit. Uh, it, it's cold. It's cold out there. I feel like out here we don't really get the chance to do that kind of shit, and we, were, we just took advantage of the fact that it was going to be 40 degrees in the Midwest, so we were just like, fuck, let's do it. And was it snowing last year? Because I, I saw pictures this year. It was snowing. It didn't snow at the fest, but it snowed in other places that we were at. Like, I remember snow in Minneapolis. There was definitely snow in Milwaukee. Um, I feel like most places have snow because at that time it's winter, kind of, in the Midwest. So, yeah, definitely slow snow. And I, inside the venue... Could you, or was it cold? Oh, okay, yeah, I worded that so bad. Was it cold inside the venue? Oh, it was freezing. Really? That's, uh, that's yeah, insane. At, at Riot, it's freezing. So it's like you go in to like try to escape the cold, and it's just as cold as it is outside. So it's just like kind of, you can't escape it unless you're like washing and shit and you warm up, but it's, it's fucking cold in there. Okay. Yeah. I, I was always curious. And- Cause it, yeah. Cause it's, cause it's just, it's a skate park, so there's no, nothing in there you know it's just basically four walls and in a cold ass fucking big ass warehouse so and yeah it gets hella cold in there when the fest is going on is the skate park still open to just a normal people wanting to go to the skate park uh i think so probably not i remember there was a guy this year skating a rail on like the big ramp but uh the way the the ldb was set up this year um you couldn't really skate because they moved the stage to the opposite side. So where, where we were skating the year before is where the stage was this year. So mm-hmm. there was not really anywhere to skate. And then like the first day of the pre-show, you could skate like the big ass half pipe. But uh, when the show actually started, like this, the second day, that's where they had merch. So we couldn't uh, skate that anymore. So yeah, there was really nowhere to skate anymore. Unless you were there early, there was like a flat bar in the kind of in the back and we were skating that for a sec. But yeah, this year there was not really much you could skate the year before, yeah. Okay, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm still waiting for uh, Steven to upload your guys' set from this past year, so I'm I'm pretty curious to see how that went. It was cool. Some technical difficulties, but it was cool. Yeah, that stuff happens. Yeah, I I don't like to harp on that stuff too much. Yeah, definitely. One of those things is just like, you can't really do anything about it. It happens. You just got to play through it and not let it affect your set. I feel like we did a pretty good job at that. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it was super fun though. Uh, I, I know uh, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago and you'd mentioned that uh, you had some stuff planned for the summer. Is there any, anything you can uh, talk about or is it all still under wraps? Uh, at this point, we don't even know if it's going to happen because of all the shit going on right now. Um, kind of just waiting, playing it by ear. I hope it can happen. I mean, it's basically, it'd be, it'd be basically a full U.S. Okay. Yeah, it's so it's a tour that's three weeks, and then we'd start another tour right after, so I'd make it a four-week tour. But uh, yeah, there's no, don't know if it's gonna happen anymore. Kind of just waiting, playing it by ear. But if it does, give me, uh, all I can say is to be a fucking crazy package. It's gonna be a little something for everybody. It's gonna be hell fun. Yeah. Well, I I hope it still happens. I I I seriously like hate um what's going on in the U.S. right now because this whole uh, coronavirus thing is just insane. Like I, I, I just like sometimes like I'll, I'll, I'm like sitting here like you know quarantined or whatever. I was like I can't believe this is really going on right now. This seems like such like just like out of a movie. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's like it's not even the U.S. It's like the whole world right now. Yeah, the whole world's on fucking doesn't know what to do right now. I mean, it's a bummer. Like I feel like everyone is struggling right now. Everyone's losing their jobs. All my friends that do music full time and just have new jobs based around music are all kind of left idle and don't know what to do and definitely a bummer to see like i wish i could help everybody out and like i'm about to like lose my job i think so it's kind of just stressful very stressful but once this shit does blow over and everything they figure everything out playing shows again is going to be special because it's been months since you know the shows happened and everyone's gonna be so eager to see it again I feel like the first tour back is gonna be fucking gnarly because everyone's just gonna be super excited and it's just gonna be fun so it's like it sucks right now but i feel like it'll be worth it once everyone starts playing shows again and ever because i feel like there's gonna be a whole new energy so 
I'm looking forward to seeing that aspect of it. Yeah, because I feel like we're gonna have like this whole new appreciation for that. It's like exactly it was like taken away like from us. Took that for granted. Oh, for sure. Like yeah, like just seeing how shit is now. It's kind of it's scary, you know. Everything that we were just doing before, we took we 100% took for granted, and everything's getting kind of taken away right now. So. Yeah, like I, I literally. Well, I like uh, did you get a chance to uh, catch uh, Code Orange? They did a live stream uh, of their set that they're so, supposed to play for uh, for their record release. No, I missed it, but uh, definitely heard a lot of good things about it. I've seen little clips of it, but I didn't get to see it. I missed it, unfortunately. Yeah, so like I saw that, and I was like, "Wow, this is interesting." And then um, I know you were at work while it was going on, but um, uh, Year of the Knife did a live stream set. Uh, and I was just like, dude, what is going on? Like, I'm literally watching these yeah. these bands, uh, you know, doing these like live stream sets, and I'm like, this is so weird because like normally I would be at the show, but literally I'm here laying down yeah. on a couch watching like this like the set. It was just like tripping me out. Yeah, I brought my laptop to work so I could see that you're the nice set. <laughs> okay, so but, uh, you... we... go ahead. I think we might be doing one by the end of the month too, kind of. So oh, it's kind of up in the air. Yeah, so it'll be cool. Yeah, well, like there's like really no other options that people still, you know, want to uh, play music and put it out there. Like that's a yeah, it's a good alternative way to do it. it it's something cool to see. I um, you know people actually come out and support, which I really like because I didn't want it to be some like weird like novel thing. Um, but it's it's nice to see people still come out and you know watch the stream. Yeah, we're gonna, if the, if it comes out the way we we want it to, it's gonna be special. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be a little different. So I'm excited. Okay. Hell yeah. Well, I didn't even know about that, but I'm I'm definitely happy to hear that you guys are uh, work so you know working on something to give back to us, even though we're like we're in all in this uh, crazy situation. Yeah, definitely. Something. It's just like I mean, we we want to play, you know, so might as well do it and live stream it. If if it, like if it's the options there, why not take it? You know. And you uh, kind of uh, mentioned it a couple of times. You guys are uh, in the middle of writing your next record. Yeah. Is it going to be a, a, just an EP or like a, a full length? Uh, we're working on an LP right now. Oh, awesome. And yeah, do you, have a, super excited. do you have a time frame on when you guys want it uh, released? Uh, hopefully fall. That's when we were talking about. If everything works out, we finish. We're still writing this. So we got to finish it and record mm-hmm. it and all the other behind the scene, behind the scene shit. But hopefully by fall. I think we were definitely talking about it being a fall record. Hell yeah, dude! That that'll be nice. A good, good uh, release late in the year. Solid record. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. I'm excited. Definitely, definitely very dare, but also like I don't know. You'll see. It's gonna be cool. A lot, a little bit of a little bit of something for everybody. Hell yeah! Definitely stoked to hear that. And honestly, dude, um, I, I know I've, I've been pestering you for so long to come on the podcast. And honestly, like, I'm, I'm really happy that we we're finally able to do this. So thank you. Yeah, dude, of course. I feel bad. I feel like I put it off for a long time. I, I had this weird anxiety for it. And I'm just like, ah, I'm going to sound like an idiot. But now that it's happening, I'm like, oh, it's not bad at all. But yeah, I'm stoked it's finally happening. With all this shit going on, like, that's why I hit you up. I was like, I mean, I have nothing but time now. So I might as well just do it. And something like that you put on for us hella hard so oh yeah well like i saw it just like i want to put on for you you know like i definitely like i listen to all like most of the podcasts that you do so like why not yeah i know you've been wanting to do one with me which i very much appreciate you know i appreciate that you care about what i have to say so yeah thank you man for sure and before we wrap things up is there um, anything you want to shout out or plug uh shout out program Shout out Absence of Mind. Shout out Initiate. Shout out all the California bands. You know, shout out all my friends. Oh yeah, I could sit here for a long time and shout out a lot of people. But yeah. Well, seriously, Angel, thank you so much. I I definitely appreciate it. I love Orange County hardcore, and I love what you guys are doing for the scene. It's awesome. So seriously, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It definitely means a lot to me. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, there you have it. This has been another episode of the Jamie K podcast, always on top. <laughs>